and welcome to the Creating Data Risk Awareness podcast sponsored by Iron Mountain. The turbulence of the past few years has compelled organizations to rethink their risk strategies with a focus on ensuring long-term resilience. Moreover, as new business models continue to evolve, the vulnerabilities are multiplying. Now, working from home has the potential to bring greater work-life balance for many, but it also brings with it risks and increased risks for the average employees and for many employers that are ill-informed about what to do and what not to do. So in this podcast discussion powered by Iron Mountain, we reflect on the everyday errors committed by organizations when it comes to issues of data management, security, and privacy. I'm Uriwa Gavaza, business writer for the Business Day and Financial Mail, and I'll be your host for this very important discussion. Joining me today is uh, Takalane Rose Akashane, who is the Managing Director for South Africa over at Iron Mountain. And she's going to be highlighting some research that was done uh, that shows that the shift to a hybrid work environment has uh, meant that there's an urgent need to rethink how data is managed and handled and what organizations should be doing in this regard. Now, that particular research was about how it came about because they wanted to explore how working from home had affected the information security landscape, particularly around behavior. So it's going to be quite an enriching discussion. And let's see what Takalani and her team did discover. Takalani, greetings to you today. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Matiwa. Good morning to the listeners. I think a good place for us to start before we delve into the insights that the research has been able to give us is maybe you telling us a little bit around Iron Mountain for the people that might not know what Iron Mountain is and the type of work that you guys do and your specific role at the company. Thank you. Um, Iron Mountain is a, a big global company. That started in the USA some 71 years ago, and uh, it's currently uh, operating in more than 60 countries. And what we do is manage information, everything from records management as in physical records, and then digital uh, record management, shredding or destruction of uh, records. We also do asset lifetime management, which also includes destruction of uh, computer equipment, if you can say that. And um, we are also very big in the space of just managing the movement of archives from cradle to grave, where we'll actually have all records for governments, for entities, and even for individuals. Now, against that backdrop and the type of work that you guys are doing, as we said at the beginning, Iron Mountain recently released a report regarding the types of errors that employees are routinely making at work, such as being less security conscious at home or employees using the same password across multiple platforms. Against all of that then, right, digital transformation has been a big thing because we st- all of this stuff is because people are working from home and tied to the working from home issue is the fact that a lot of companies are coming in around the issue of digital transformation and all of that. So against all of that backdrop, 
what what did you see there because tra- transformation has become the big buzzword and uh, highlighting all of the research right and right now at the moment because of all the digital security things even a, a glitch at a bank, for example, you start getting reports that perhaps it was a cyber attack that has happened out there. So what stood out for you in terms of the findings when it came to the research that you guys did? Yeah, so firstly, the research was commissioned to look at uh, whether behaviors has, uh, has changed when people moved to working from home. Many companies had already started looking at hybrid working formats. They had already started looking at people working from home or coming to the office once a week, etc. And then COVID hit. And COVID actually forced everyone, even companies that were not ready, were now forced to have people working from home. And with that came the challenges of, you know, how do you protect passwords? How do you manage the people that are around your employee who is now working from home? So, for example, two people who work from competing companies who are married to each other and now they're working from home and they can listen into each other's meetings. How do the companies then protect the information that is being shared from a non-office kind of environment? So that was the reason why we actually went and did this research and also looking at, you know, what kind of support does the person have when they're working from home? So I'll give you a quick example. In South Africa, we have two economies, if you can say it like that, where you've got the people who work in suburbs or they live in suburbs, and then you've got people who, who live in squatter camps or they live in townships. When COVID hit, all of these people had to work from home. And, and you'll find someone works in a shack and there's 10 other people in the same room and they're trying to attend a meeting. And then you'll have someone else who's got Wi-Fi and they can comfortably work from their own house. So as a company and as an employer, um, uh, the company will have to manage information differently for those people to ensure the security, but also to ensure that the person was able to work productively from their, from their home. So some of the facts that came out of the research, for example, was that some of the people were actually physically leaving their house and going to use public Wi-Fi where, where it is available. So about just under 30, uh, just under 40%, 37% of the guys said they use public Wi-Fi and you would know that some of these Wi-Fi accesses are not very secure. So what is the information being exposed to? Some of them said they actually write their passwords uh, on, on, a, on a post-it and they, they put it on the laptop. So anyone else can actually access the information because the password is written and it's, it's, it's on the, on the, on the, on the, on the laptop. And, and, and the other problem with working from home was when do the information or the documents, if they print, when do they shred the information? Do they wait until they take it to the office for shredding? Do they put it in a dustbin and then it goes into a public landfill? Uh, no one knows. So there's quite a, a few things that we found uh, from this survey. There's a, there's a couple of things that you are mentioning inside some of those risks that I personally would never have even thought about, such as the paper shredding, because we're having a discussion about cybersecurity, but one doesn't even think about the fact that as part of it, an electronic document can be printed and still be vulnerable to some type of infiltration, just either around a house or, you know, going to a landfill. 
some of the issues that you mentioned, and especially where you began about you might have two people in the same house that work for competing companies. These are all things that one never thinks about from that point of view. But now coming back to the actual research, there was uh, an interesting quote that I found you know, in the report, and that was that in the high-paced world that we live in, greater risks are being taken in attempts to maximize efficiency. How can organizations actually ensure that they maintain and increase their productivity while at the same time maintaining the integrity of their systems? I think this speaks to the fact that as much as people have gone into the work-from-home environment, they're still expected to produce a certain level of work, but you're inherently working in a less secure environment. How do you balance all of those competing interests? I think out of that, you'd look at security being the, the key aspect uh, of, of ensuring that, yes, my organization continued to be productive even when people had to work from home. Some companies actually have made the decision not to go back to uh, uh, the office full-time. So you've got some people going back, some people going back on different days. So, so uh, there's been a change in the way we work. The second one has been the fact that COPIA, uh, Protection of Personal Information uh, Act, uh, actually came into law uh, actually just before COVID hit, that you have to protect the information of your employees, of your customers, and of your suppliers. So that is actually a law where companies can be fined a, a, a lot of money or even uh, their leaders go to jail for not protecting information of the customers. It's the same thing uh, with GDPR, which is the, 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 the POPI equivalent globally. So it's important when people are working from home, and as we did this uh, a survey, to actually understand how is this information managed, how is it protected. It was easy in the office to walk to someone's desk and say, do you have this file? And then you get the file, you go back to your desk and you continue to work. Right now, it's really around, can you please email it to me? And and some of the people will then move, they say, my work email is not working, my laptop is crashed or whatever, please forward it to my private email. Uh, uh, so I can continue to work with this document. And exactly then, how do you then protect that information? It has moved out of your secure environment. It's gone into their Outlook or Google uh, email, which is not protected by your company security or your servers, etc. Um, it, it becomes a big uh, challenge. And um, there needs to be a lot of focus on saying, how do we make people change their behavior? Uh, because some of this is not really about the, the rules of the company, but it's about what people do. How do they behave when certain things happen? How do they know not to ask for information to be sent to personal email? Uh, and a lot of training and a lot of uh, um, understanding needs to be actually shared throughout organizations. I like the fact that you are bringing in the issue of, at the end of the day, uh, behavior, because that highlights the fact that it's people that are at the center of all of this stuff. And for people that look at what happens in the world of cybersecurity, all of that, human error tends to still be one of the biggest areas of vulnerability out there in the world. And as such, we do need to take that people factor into consideration because they are at the core of uh, organizations. But some of those same people are facing increasingly 
you know, copious amounts of information being fed to them, compounded by more and more online accounts for social media, e-commerce, and professional platforms that they are signing up for that are actually leading to many people being lax about some of their security habits. So many of those habits that we are talking about do filter into the work environment, as you were alluding to just now. So what's some of the advice for keeping some of the bad habits at bay? I think that behavior, how do we uh, tune that behavior so that it stays out of the workplace? I think training is still key. As I mentioned just now, it is important that training is engaging because you're not having people in a room. They're all being trained from their own houses or own environment to keep it engaging, make it memorable. Make sure people can remember what they were, they were trained on. It's also important to actually understand the life cycle of the information. You know, what information do you need to use today and then destroy or send it for destruction? Or what information do you need to keep? So if you look at, for example, if you are a bank, there's information that you need to keep. Some you, you are legislated to keep for five years. Some you have to keep for more than 20 years. For example, your bond documents, if you bought before the house, they, they can't destroy it in five years because that relationship is still going on for 20 years. So you would have to look at, you know, what needs to happen. And we have a solution called a policy center where we'll then look at cradle to grave kind of following the information. You know, when should it be retained for or how long should it be retained? And then when should you destroy it? What kind of certification? We offer certificates if we shred documents for the customer or if we shred assets because we do shred old old uh, tapes and old computers. We'll then give a certificate to, to ensure that the client is confident that this has been done and it's been done in an environmentally friendly way. And you, you just need to actually understand that wherever the information is, it's a danger and it's a risk to the business. Therefore, there should be someone who's actively looking at where is the information? Is it ready for destruction? Or no, it needs to be digitized. We need to always have access to it digitally and then manage it accordingly. I like the fact that you do bring up the fact that wherever there's information, there is uh, some type of a potential risk that is there. And uh, it's a very important point to just think about because businesses are generating information all the time. So just being cognizant about how that information is protected is very important. And I think that helps us to bring in one of the other big words that has come out during this period. We spoke about digital transformation earlier on. And one of the other words, particularly in this realm, is uh, resilience. So from your point of view, how can resilience in data management lead to greater organizational resilience and at the same time decrease stress you know, when it comes to staff, because these are these people are very important. Having them as least stressed as possible, good thing. I think resilience has actually become all of our middle name, because when COVID came, we, we didn't know how we were going to survive. We didn't know how we were going to navigate. Uh, we didn't know how we were going to work. So, for example, in the company I worked for, we didn't even know how to do digital signatures. So if a document needs to be signed by 15 people and all of them are sitting in 15 different houses, how do you then move that document from one person to the next, to the next, to the next for, for a signature? But all of that came through when organizations started to become more resilient 
uh, adapted very quickly to the changing environment. Uh, a lot of organizations showing a lot of agility in, in the ability to make decisions and make changes uh, very fast. And the first one in terms of de- digital resilience would be understanding exactly what is the acceptable risk levels. You, you know, what is the risk of losing, you know, people's information in, in a banking environment? What is the risk of not having records if you are a mining company and people are suffering from silicosis or, or tuberculosis because of asbestos exposure, and you don't have any records, uh, records of whether you've ever done medicals on these people, records of whether you did clinical checks when they resigned or when they retired, and then they come 20 years later or their kids come and, and, and sue for compensation. Not having those records actually makes your organization vulnerable and that resilience is actually compromised. It's important to always understand that the risk is always there. I think I've mentioned this before, that there is no such a thing as, you know, you print the email, you read it, and you put it in a dustbin. And and we see it all the time when we visit companies, and we always say, you know what, as the moment you walk into a building, you just look at their dustbin, and you'll see some notes that came from somebody else that has been put in that dustbin. So the risk is everywhere. For the organization to be resilient and actually survive in this in these times that we live in, it's the ability to manage information from wherever it is and making the business have a culture that's always risk aware, a culture that actually prepares them to always see risks. Uh, you always hear about industrial espionage where someone will say someone went and jumped into somebody else's dustbin and got some documents and went and copied the strategy in the other company. Currently, it's not even around jumping into someone's dustbin. It's more around the little leaks that happen digitally where someone can actually hack into your system and find information. People who don't change their passwords, and people who just change one part of the password. So if the password is Takarani12, and next month it becomes Takarani13, and the next month it becomes Takarani15, so that's actually a big risk to have weak access or weak passwords like that. So to build resilience, it's really around making sure that there's training, it's making sure that the organization is risk-aware, and also making sure that there's a culture of protection and protecting what they value most. Make sure that there is a culture of protection. Those are the words of Takalene Rose Kashane, who is the managing director for South Africa over at Iron Mountain. She was uh, highlighting some of the risks that are involved right now in the current environment, particularly as uh, people have gone into remote working environments. And uh, that was part of the reason why they commissioned some research and undertook this research to see how some of the behaviors had actually changed because now as companies, as organizations, you're no longer able to control the type of environment that people are working in and around. And it brings in even more points of vulnerability from some of the public access Wi-Fi that Takalani mentioned earlier on to the fact that instead of just going to someone's desk to get a particular document nowadays, everything has to be sent. And if in certain cases someone is having issues with logging into their secure email, 
there's there's the risk of sending something to a personal email and all of these things are being done because at the end of the day we are people and uh, people's behavior does need to have that training and that's involved and that's one of the big things that uh, she's advocating for is training to say that training and awareness is very important and then also at the same time some of the data leaks that do come out it's very important for people to have systems in place to just make sure that they know and understand what's happening and overall one of the big things she does end off by talking about is having that uh, risk aware culture which involves people understanding the risks because she says that risks are everywhere and that you it, it's very hard and it's almost impossible to have an organization that will not have risks involved in some way so that has been the creating data risk awareness podcast sponsored by iron mountain i've been your host muriwa gavaza business writer over at the business day and financial mail remember that you can subscribe for free episodes on iono.fm spotify player.fm pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts you